This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series celebrating Compliance Week, which is sponsored by Conversant. If you haven't joined the Conversant Converge community, it is the most dynamic community in compliance. There are a ton of resources, commentary, Q&A, and other information which will help you, the compliance professional. So go to converge.conversant.com and link to it in the show notes and join the Converge community. It's at no charge and it's literally the top resource available to you in compliance. Over this five-part podcast series, I'm going to visit with five Conversant folks about why they are so passionate about driving ethics to the heart of business. I know you will enjoy this series in honor of Compliance Week. My guests over this series are Philip Winterburn, Jennifer Jaffe, Stephanie Holmes, Autumn Sinelli, and Asha Palmer. I know you will enjoy them. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and our continuing tribute uh, by Conversant to Compliance Week. And today I have with me Philip Winterburn, Chief Product Officer. No, Chief Strategist. Chief Strategy Officer, yes. Well, Chief Strategist. Chief Strategy Officer uh, at Conversant. And we're going to talk about uh, not only Philip's role at Conversant, but why he is so passionate about compliance and ethics. So, Philip, first of all, I'll give the audience a little sense of what you do for Conversant. Certainly. Um, so, as one of the co-founders, I've been here through the journey of the, the company uh, from the very early days to now, and my role has evolved over the years. Uh, initially, I was running sort of product and engineering because that's my background is the software world. But then as we've grown and expanded, we brought in, frankly, people who are much better at all those areas than I am. So I get to now focus very much on where we're headed as a company, the vision uh, of the organization, and in getting out and talking to customers and people like yourself, Tom, who we can share conversations about where ethics and compliance is going so that uh, we can make sure that the organization um, stays aligned with that uh, that journey that the world is going through right now, and in fact, helping to lead that uh, conversation. I hope in some of the things that we're doing. Philip, I know a little bit about your professional background. Uh, to the certainly to the extent that it included a stint in uh, my hometown of Houston, Texas. But how did you develop this passion around uh, compliance and ethics, and bringing your professional background of engineering and software to help further that conversation? that you and Patrick started uh, several years back? It's funny how life progresses. So um, my career being always in uh, software engineering and building teams, I've always been focused and aware of the impact of strong cultures versus weak cultures and human behavior. And we uh, sort of stumbled into this opportunity, I'll say. It was an opportunity that came in front of us. And uh, at that time, I personally was a novice in compliance and ethics um, and came into this really with an open mind to learn about something new and fascinating. And it turned out to be um, transformative for me. It's uh, something I now have a huge passion for. And uh, the, the journey has taught me so much um, about ethics and compliance and 
I've just it's become something core to who I am, just seeing the impact, and we'll probably talk about that in a minute, but the impact that this profession is having on the world right now, I think is phenomenal. And frankly, I'm I'm honored and privileged to be a part of that. Philip, I've seen your professional growth, uh, at least since I've known you at uh, Conversant. But one of the mainstays uh, during the time I've known you is your focus on data. And as you know, I'm a lawyer by professional background. So Utilizing data was not something I was professionally trained on, and I think many compliance practitioners are are in my bucket on that, uh, being lawyers and really not uh, uh, as versed in data and numbers um, as perhaps engineers or software engineers. I really wanted to ask you about your your passion around data and your passion around information uh, that is not simply a lawyer-written policy and procedure or even culture. So I was wondering if you could give a few words about how you see the use of data as transformative to the compliance profession in 2020 and beyond. Sure. So I think it's, it's the use of data and analytics, I think, is is transformative for all professions. The world is moving to a world of telemetry, instrumentation, measurement, um, and real real insight out of data and we're getting away from subjectivity. Um, my, my background was in analytics and data and data analytics and so I, I do have a passion for it. But when we look at what is transpiring in the world at the moment, uh, something that you know never before has one person been able to speak and be heard around the globe. And this, this is transforming societies, transforming businesses. And I think right in the middle of that transformation is this opportunity for ethics and compliance to take a hold of this, to measure it, and be able to use data analytics and be able to use these advanced techniques to really make an impact on an organization's um, culture, which drives their the, the organization's behavior, it drives the organization's impact on their community, on their suppliers, on their customers, on their employees. And I, th- I think there's this transformative moment right now for ethics and compliance professionals to really impact not just their profession, their businesses, but society as a whole. And to do that, they have to have facts and facts come from data. But it's not simply facts and it's not simply data because your other passion is around behavioral psychology. And it seems to me that you've worked very diligently at wedding data to the human condition and having a human interpret that data and having a human use that data to help guide, to help nudge, to help improve uh, process efficiency. Would, would you find that to be a fair assessment? Hundred percent. That is that is the the root of my real passion for this at the moment. Is and it's an overused phrase, but why do good people do bad things? And when you peel that back and start to really dig into the human psychology uh, that we're dealing with, and recognizing the um, the fragility of human decision making. And how we can do things and justify them in in retrospect, how we can persuade ourselves that we're doing the right thing. Um, That is where I really see this this opportunity. It's not about catching the bad doers. Uh, That is taken for granted. For me, it's about how can we as a profession 
influence behavior um, and really understand the people in the organization. Why are people making the decisions they're making? Why do they do what they do? What are the ramifications for what may seem like a trivial statement from a leader? The ramifications that ripples through the organization for the overall behavior of the people involved. And I'm just absolutely fascinated by human psychology now. Philip, the um, one of the key phrases for uh, conversant is driving ethics to the core of business. I wondered if you just might end with a few words about that phrase, that statement, that mission, how you and Patrick were able to develop that and why you still see that as, as really the core mission of conversant. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for asking that question. That, I mean, that is why we get out of bed every morning is an understanding that, and I was actually talking to a group of new hires this morning um, as part of our onboarding process. Uh, we have a, a series of meetings where they get to talk to different members of the team to get a perspective of why we do what we do and how we do it. And in that conversation, we're talking about exactly this, this opportunity to help elevate the performance of industry. And it's it's happening right now. As I mentioned earlier, I really think social media um, has had an enormous impact on the world. You know, you go back 10 years and people weren't able to speak and be heard instantly around the globe. And you see this being, um, have ramifications with social movements and the accountability culture that's being created with uh, massive levels of CEO layoffs in the last couple of years, that, that industry is changing. It is no longer sort of the, the the old white guy sitting in the boardroom just making money for their shareholders. Now companies are expected to have a conscience. They are expected to think about the, the well-being of their employees, the well-being of their community, the well-being of their customers. Uh, and individuals are demanding that, and, and they're buying from companies they admire. They're working for companies they admire. And I think this is a wonderful moment in the world where we're going to see this transformation in industry to being something higher and better than it's ever been before. And driving ethics into that, driving ethics to the center of those businesses is the key to making that happen. Philip, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you for being a part of Conversant's Tribute to Compliance Week. Thank you, Tom, and thanks for putting this together. And that's a great Star Wars t-shirt. Hope you've enjoyed this episode in Conversant's five-part tribute to Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week. Please check out the Converge community. I've linked to it in the show notes. It is literally the best single resource for the compliance practitioner. Best of all, it's available to you at no charge. This is Tom Fox. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast series. This five-part production has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network and Converge.